Hello and welcome to This Is Your FBI from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Mr. McGee. Well, that's very thoughtful, Mr. Wimple. Yeah, I think. Someone was telling me that they saw a rare North Polish bird near here. But... A North Polish what bird, Mr. Wimple? A bird, Mr. Wimple. It's a small, snow-colored bird that lives at the North Pole. Oh, it builds its nest out of ice cubes and old frost warnings <laughs> and sits there all winter long saying, now You're really bird happy, aren't you, Ed? You keep any birds around the house, canaries and stuff like that there? Yes. Oh. We have a beautiful little bird at the house right now. Oh. It's one of those talking hosa birds. Bird. Don't you mean a talking minor bird? No. Uh, mine escaped, Mrs. McGee. This one belongs to her. Her? You mean? Yes. Sweetie face, my big old tax exemption. Hey, how is Mrs. Wimple these days, anyway? Oh, she's fine. We had a little discussion yesterday, though, and... So. Well, I just lost my temper. Mm. She didn't want me to go out, and I said... Sweetie face, I'm going downtown. I said, and I stuck my head in the room, and I said, if you don't like it, you can lump it. Wow. What did she do? She lumped it. <laughs> I'd show you a few of the lumps, but I'd never get my head on over them again. <laughs> Goodbye now. So long, Wallace. Billy Mills in the orchestra and Herpedia. as you are, McGee, but I've no idea who could have sent the candy. Well... Stop fretting about it. I ain't fretting, kiddo. Don't bother me any more than a BB bothers a buffalo. (laughs) 
I'm just curious enough, though, to get this old high school annual of ours out of the attic. Oh, our annual, my goodness. Yeah, I got a hunch this guy Joe is somebody we maybe went to school with and forgot about, maybe. Hey, we can find him in here. Well, good. Open it up. Where do we start? Oh, I'll just open it at random. Here we are. Pete Random. <laughs> Remember Pete? Sure. He was the oldest of the three random boys. Yeah, nice kid, too, but his name wasn't Joe, so I'll keep looking. Next is Betty Bye. Well, it's a cinch she ain't Joe. <laughs> Betty Bye, I don't seem to remember her. Oh, sure you do. Her old man was George Bye, the fellow that owned Bye's restaurant on Adams Street. Oh, sure. Sure. Sure, I remember. Mr. Bye made his own potato chips yeah. and was very proud of them. That's right, they were good. When people left the restaurant, they always said, Good chips, Mr. Bye. <laughs> well, this is all very interesting. Come in. Oh, hello, Dr. Gamble. Top of the morning to you, my dear. And a small slice off the bottom to you, Buckethead. <laughs> Hi, Fatso. For once, I'm glad to see you. I and Molly are trying to remember something, and a guy with a memory like yours might help us. Well, that's very flattering, but yeah. what makes you think I have a good memory? Well, they say an elephant never forgets. <laughs> I wonder why I come here. It must be the same thing that leads an Indian mystic to drive an extra handful of spikes into his bed. <laughs> Sit down, doctor. You look tired. Well, I am tired, my dear. I employed a new nurse this week, Miss Bullwinkle, and she's worn me out completely. Oh, what'd she do, doctor? Well, she wasn't satisfied with the appearance of my office. Thought it needed a woman's touch. Oh? This morning I came in and the woman had touched it, but good. <laughs> Bullwinkle redecorated, did she? Well, you might call it that, speaking loosely. Yeah. The whole motif was early American. That's nice. Yeah. Uh, organdy curtains at the windows, preton slip covers on the chairs, and a pleated ruffle around the operating table. Uh, I suppose she framed a few X-ray photos for the walls. No, no, she didn't. But she did plant ivy in my instrument sterilizer. <laughs> And she filled my jar of formaldehyde with daffodils. Murder. My surgical bandages had been carefully separated into two piles and marked his and hers. My goodness, your office must look more like the Waldorf Astoria. Indeed it does, my dear. In the future, I may refer to it as the Plasma Hotel. Come <laughs> right, Come in again. Let's see. Let's get back to the high school annual and find Joe. Let's give it up instead, dearie. This is getting us nowhere. Well, it might, kiddo. Just have patience. Clyde Wellman, Jay Tomlinson, Grover Cleveland Diffendorfer. <laughs> Joe. Hey, I found him. Here he is. Who? Joe Bats. I'll bet he's the secret admirer that sent you that candy, the dirty rap. Oh, no, McGee. Aha, uh -huh. look at this. There's a letter stuck in this book. It's addressed to Dear Bunnikins. And it's signed Joe. Dear Bunnikins? Yeah, it's something about having a date together. So... Joe Bats, huh? McGee, I give you my word, but I know... see, I'm shocked. <laughs> we were sweethearts in high school, supposed to be real true blue to each other. I never so much as looked at another girl, and you was running around with Joe Bats and letting him call you Bunnikins. Let me see that letter. Okay, read it. Dear Bunnikins. Yeah. Our date last night was lots of fun. <laughs> you look so nice in your new long pants. What? <laughs> New long pants. This is not my letter. Oh, yeah, I remember now. Joe was Josephine Durkin. <laughs> <laughs> she 
She wrote that to me. <laughs> oh, we had a couple of dates, but it was just a passing fancy. You understand, kiddo. I understand, Bunnykins. <laughs> Good. I wouldn't want you to think for a minute that Hello, I was... Wally. Hi, pal. Hello, Mr. Wilcox. Hi, Junior. Say, maybe you can help us. We're trying to figure out who sent Molly a two-pound box of candy. No, don't look at me, pal. I wouldn't dream of sending a girl a two-pound box of candy. I suppose you send them a five-pound box? No, I send them a 50-pound case of pet milk. Mm. <laughs> well, that's a lovely thought, Mr. Wilcox, but girls like candy, too, you know. Oh, well, I'm sure they'd prefer my gift, Molly. After all, what's in a box of candy? Well, in this box, there's a layer of creams. Ah, <laughs> nothing compared to the creams you can make with pet. Oh. Delicious cream sauces, delightful cream gravies, mouth-watering cream pies and custards. Every good cook knows the wonderful creaminess that pet milk brings to her family's favorite foods. All right, you win that one, Mr. Wilcox. Yeah. But this particular box of candy has some nut clusters in it, too. I'm glad you mentioned that, Molly. I'm sorry. <laughs> because uh, when the meals are prepared with plenty of good, rich pet milk, you just show me the family that will nut cluster around the table. Oh, dear. <laughs> Look, Junior, said little Fibber, the red-blooded American boy who don't know the meaning of fear. <laughs> what about cherry cordials? There's some cherry cordials. Well, all right. Now, pal, consider the case of the French housewife. She turns to her husband and says, Oh, my man, I love you so. You'll never know. But when we marry, you treat me very horrible. Name of a little pig, how you beat me. Je suis fatigué. Je suis désolé. Je suis black and blue. <laughs> That's very dramatic, Junior, but what's it got to do with cherry cordials? Ah, then she says, but that is all change since I begin to cook with the delicious double-rich pet milk. No longer do you treat me horrible. Now, Sherry, you are so cordial. <laughs> Oh, that doesn't. Take your fractured French and scramez-vous, Pierre. Au revoir, Fibert. Well, I guess I'm just wasting my time with this annual, Molly. What do I care who Joe is anyhow? I know I'm the guy for you. Of course you are. Even if I do scatter ashes on your rugs. That's right, dear. Even if I do go bowling when you want to see a movie. Right again. Even if I do use your best linen napkins to clean my shotgun. When did you do that? <laughs> I haven't done it yet, but I thought I'd run it in while you were in a soft mood. <laughs> Just testing. Well, McGee, it's as simple as this. Yeah? When we married, I promised to love, honor, and obey you. Betcha. So all I got to do is ask you three questions. You still love me? You know I do. Second question. You still honor me? Of course. Third question. Who's Joe? I don't know. <laughs> well, you don't have to tell the neighbors about it. Just burns me up that some guy's got the crust to send candy to the... Kingsman and retreat. I once heard that in the city, gals were sweeting off a birdie, so I roamed into town. Loaded down with folded money, but I didn't figure, honey, you treat me so down. Retreat, 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 says my heart. Retreat, 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 says my heart. A piece of candy, all your sugar would be dandy to melt my heart away. 
loved your hugs and I loved your kisses Even thought I'd make you misses But my heart seemed to say Retreat, 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 says my heart Retreat, 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 says my heart well, Saw you a-dancing with a stranger My heart hollered, look out, danger Go away Joe Ferguson. No, he couldn't have sent the candy. He's a politician and they only send mink coats. <laughs> Joe Mitchell. No, it couldn't be him either. I was one of his pallbearers. <laughs> Joe Blow. Gee, are you still racking your brain about that candy? Candy? What candy, my dear? Oh, you're referring to the candy that this unknown uh, Joe person sent you? Uh, hadn't given it a thought, my dear. Well, good. For a while I was afraid you were... Uh, just a moment to Joe. Uh, my dear. <laughs> Mayor Latrivia. Come in, Mr. Mayor. Thank you, Molly. Hello, McGee. Well, if it ain't the people's choice himself. We haven't seen you for a while, Latriv. You've been busy. <laughs> no, no, not especially. Oh. Actually, all I've done today is look up some confidential records for Judge Winecoop. Oh, oh judge. is that part of your regular work, Mr. Mayor? No, no, but the judge and I call on each other for favors whenever we need them. Oh. You know how it is in politics, Molly. I scratch his back and he scratches mine. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like a pretty silly way for a judge and a mayor to spend their day, Latrivia. I, I beg your pardon? They're scratching each other's backs when you should be working. Isn't that a little childish, Mr. Mayor? Oh, well, I'm afraid you misunderstood me, Molly. I simply How do you guys be... keep it fair and even, Latriv? You keep a... Keep score on a sort of a scratch sheet? <laughs> or you just go at it, scratch his scratch can? No, 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 no. Just a minute, please. I merely used an old political expression here, mm -hmm. McGee. I'll scratch your back and you scratch mine. Uh, no, thanks, Homer. I don't itch right now. Some other time. <laughs> You're awful sweet to offer it, though, Mr. Yes, Mayor. And a man with your experience who spends all day scratching judges ought to do a fine job. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't spend all day scratching anybody. Probably Look, just spends I... half a day scratching Molly and the other half being scratched. <laughs> Right, Latrim? Yes. Uh, no, no, no. Look, I merely went down and gave Judge Winecoop a hand today. I didn't. Oh, one any... hand! My gosh, you couldn't do much of a scratch job with just one hand, Latrim. I should say, not with no. a man as white as the judge, you'd need about six hands to do it right. <laughs> It'd take three of them just to hold up that long black robe. I, I didn't scratch him with my hands. I never laid a hand on oh, the man. Oh, you used to. You used a ruler, huh? <laughs> Oh, boy, you can really do it with a long ruler. That's the greatest feeling in the I world. I didn't ruse a long ruler. Huh? 